0: Yo, it's your girl, Press Your Love, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Sports
1: fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice, with MTMV Sports.
0: Yeah. Hey. Huh. So yeah. I, be. I just wanna feel elevated. Yeah. Wake up in the morning. Say goodbye to morning. Wanna feel that elevation? Yeah. Be on cloud nine. What's up, my ballers? My name is Keisha Swafford, and this is Ballin' with Keisha Sports Podcast. I'm here with Nicholas Wilcox. He is a freelance sports multimedia journalist. He's from Connecticut, and he has experience covering the NFL and NBA. He has a passion for helping others with their health and their wealth and wellness. Also, he makes inspirational videos, particularly on Mondays, because, as his quote says, Because if you don't dominate Monday, Monday will dominate you. Now, um, please welcome my guest, Nicholas Wilcox.
1: What's going on, great ballers in the world? Nicholas here, and it's an honor to be on this podcast and looking forward to bringing the value, the energy, and overall the info on what's happening with the sports world. So happy to be here.
0: Awesome! I'm happy for you to join my my show. I'm super excited, and I just want to get into the NBA. Um, what? Who do you think are the MVPs? For the so MVP? I think
1: it really comes down to like so you know the landscape is like this right now. The NBA season is about thirty or so games into the season now. You know it's going to be a shortened season now because of the seven two game season. And also people are not being aware of this, a new playoff format. There's going to be a play in format. So there's going to be a lot of things um, that are coming as far as changes go for, obviously we're in this pandemic COVID season. Um, but overall, just in general, what's going to happen with the landscape in the race at the end of it, it's going to look a little different. Um, but that being said, going on to the MVP race, what's happening, I feel is overall, there's about five superstars in the league right now. That's, Really, right now, really crushing it. You could really say four, um, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I really think overall the MVP race is going to come down to LeBron James, Nikolai Jokic, Joel Embiid. We have Kevin Durant, if he could stay healthy. Um, James Harden, if he, if Durant's still going to be missing time. There's still, there's still other people I want to name on the list. But to shorten it up, I really will think it will come down to LeBron James, Joel Embiid, or Nik- Nikolai Jokic. Those three. Um, LeBron has constantly been in the MVP race pretty much since he's been in the league. Um, so we'll start with LeBron. I mean, now, as of this recording, we're recording um, February the 18th. So as of this recording, we found out about AD being out for the next about three to four weeks um, just due to uh, an injury he's having. So now LeBron has to take over the load a bit. He's going to have a lot more use. Youth- with the team, they're going to rely on him right now to not only win games but to overall be more of the facilitator role they've always been um, for the overall bench that they're going to have for the Lakers. So the Lakers brought in, you know, Matras Harold, Dennis Schroder, um, guys that are producers in the league already, um, but they brought them in pretty much for this reason because um, ADs, got, and they brought in Marcus Saul, um, you know, a couple couple other guys in this this Rakers team as well, that although they didn't win a championship, they still have them as depth. So LeBron wants to play with these pieces and see where, where everyone fits. Um, but that being said, I think the overall MVP race, I think LeBron obviously is going to be in a race no matter what, um, just due to his overall play and how he is as not only a facilitator, but also just, you know, the, it's LeBron James, one of the best players we probably ever see play basketball. And, you know, his numbers overall... You know, LeBron James comes in currently around averaging about 25.5 points per game. Uh, he has eight rebounds a game, eight assists a game, well, a steal a game, and shooting right now from three-point percentage, 38%. Um, the numbers seem a little low for LeBron, obviously, just due to, you know, the Lakers are looking to try to ease him back as much as possible, obviously, because they won the championship last year, and obviously, because they had AD. But expect these numbers now to move up. Um, remember LeBron James is getting a bit more older. He's entering his 18th NBA season, um, and he's 36 years old. So that being said, he deserves to be in his MVPs every single year. And it just seems like sometimes he always gets shafted, um, or always just gets passed by by some of the other guys, um, either, you know, just in the league that are coming up with stars and, you know, for whatever reason, the voting wants to go a certain way, um, or just due to some people didn't feel that he just deserves it because it's just LeBron James, and we know he's always going to perform, not only for the regular season, but for the postseason. Um, so that being said, I mean, I think, again, expect these numbers to go up. Um, for LeBron, he usually averages about close to you know, 28 points per game um, throughout his career, so expect that to go up. Expect the numbers across the board just to go up, just due to how LeBron's going to be now more of a facilitator role, now more than ever, and he'll have to take over more of the duties as just being that star player in that role. Um, so LeBron James makes the short list always kind of an easy topic. Um, Joel Embiid. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a you know, a big guy. And the reason why the Sixers are, and we'll get into this in our next segment when it comes to pretenders, contenders, but um, so stay tuned for that. But Joel Embiid overall, what, what I like best about Joel is that he finally seems to be fitting in and get in, finally seeming to dominate with his size on the inside. Joel Embiid's over seven foot. Um, so he's finally being able to use his overall skill set, and you're finally seeing it now. Right now, Joel Embiid's averaging 29.6 per, points per game, close to 30 a game, averaging 10.8 rebounds a game, a steal, uh, 1.3 steals a game, and averaging uh, 1.2 blocks per game while shooting 40% from three point range and a big guy like that, that can stretch the floor, can shoot threes like he is right now um, and just dominates the glass and the boards. Um, You know, it's the reason why, you know, he's a Sixers anchor, but not only that, you know, it's the reason why the Sixers are leading right now the Eastern conference at a 19 to 10, you know, um, overall record. And without, I believe without um, Joel Embiid for the Sixers, I think they played five games, Without Joel Embiid, and they're 1-4 without him. Um, small sample size, but overall, um, expect, you know, that's just a part of being an MVP. When the team is missing you, you're kind of susceptible to losing more games. Um, that being said, I think there's a, definitely a case for Joel Embiid if he, consists, if he consistently keeps up with what he's doing currently. I think my favorite right now, um, and it, it's a, it's not exactly biased, but it's more about just production of work over what he's done over the last couple of seasons. He really, and I feel like he's finally starting to get a little bit more recognition for what he's been doing. And that's Nikolai Jokic of Denver Nuggets. And Nikolai Jokic um, is one of those just overall big men in the league. That's, you know, he's just one of those facilitators where it's really hard to find a center or any power forward. You know, it's starting to happen a little bit more nowadays, but Nikolai Jokic, overall, with him just constantly um, not only producing for being a center for Denver and kind of picking up the slack for a lot of guys. um, But he's really just picking up where he left off, Um, you know, from the the playoffs. He led the Nuggets to a Western Conference Finals appearance. Um, And overall, just again, he's only 25 years old and really can facilitate from the inside. Right now, Nikolai Jokic is averaging 26 points per game, 11 boards, 8.7 assists and averaging over a steal per game while shooting 38% from three-point range. And, you know, again, Nikolai Jokic just really came out and really just started to um, – because I'll be honest, the last couple of seasons for Nikolai Jokic, it's always been something where um, he's just been missing some of the scoring. And to see him now starting to flourish, not only from a facilitator standpoint while getting his teammates involved, but now starting to really um, – look over uh, his game logs and look over his overall, just watching some of his games, recognizing what he's done. In his last six, seven games, like he's averaged, you know, just these crazy points per game. Um, the last three games in particular, 23, a 43-burger against Boston, a 33 against Washington. Um, you know, he's had a 50-point game against Sacramento earlier in the year. He had 47 point game against Utah, the second best defense in the league. So there's a lot to overall, you know, digest here when it comes to the MVP race. But I do think if I'm going to pick one right now, although Denver's record is not great, they're at 15 and 13, I do think they should they can get the ship more rated. People will definitely talk about number one right now. But I do think though Nikolai Jokic has a case to being the overall league MVP when season's end.
0: Okay. Well, I think that uh, I'm going for him too, even though I don't know how to say his name. Um, But <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a good play, and uh, I'd rather go for him than LeBron, so cool beans. All right. So <laughs> the next um, topic I want to talk about um is the um NBA contenders and pretenders and i w- would love to know who you think are the contenders right now
1: sure so i just talked about that team although they just got messed up but the first team i really want to talk about is the utah jazz um the utah jazz has really have been the cream of the crop so far and they're like you know literally the team to beat currently right now at this leg of the whole whole NBA season out uh, the 29 games they played, they're 24 and five um, and 13 and two at home. You got to take care of business. But 11 and three on the road and 9, nine and one in the last 10 games are on a nine game win streak currently. Um, it's just goes to show that the NBA is just not just all about this offensive scoring league, still. You can still get it done defensively. Um, like I was saying before, the Utah Jazz are a second ranked defense in the league. Um, and they're actually fourth ranked in offense. Um, and part of that is Donovan Mitchell finding his overall groove. You know, Donovan Mitchell is, you know, right now is shooting at 41% career best from three point range. And his, he's averaging 24 points per game. And this is all in the last, last about six, seven games, they haven't had Mike Conley, who is overall um, a veteran point guard. Leaves this roster, and with you know, again, they have you know, Rudy Gobert on the inside that's gonna you know punch shots coming into the paint, and that's part of the reason why their second-ranked defense is there. But everybody collectively wants to play defense first. Joel Joel Engels, um, Bojan Bogdanovic, these guys. Jordan Clarkson has come off the bench and scoring for these guys, which still need for a scoring punch. These guys are just coming in; they're playing defense first, they're shutting down the off, the, the, the opposition first, and then defensively, they're. I mean. Offensively, they're just scoring. They're getting people involved. Um, so it's beautiful back to watch. I mean, I tell some of the young guys, it, it does start with defense. It really does. Because um, if you play defense well, you're not going to be able to shut anybody down for, like, you know, 60 points per game anymore in the NBA. Um, but it's going to be more of can you take certain possessions, can you shut somebody down, can you stop certain players, certain star players from scoring consistently off the moves they love to the play off. Um, so that's where defensively where it starts and I'm really impressed not only really impressed by the jazz but more importantly how they're playing the two-way ball but they're playing defense first and it's really been helpful for them so i think that's a team overall that's definitely a contender if we're talking about pretenders right now i mean it really doesn't look the best but i do think that it's close but they're a pretender in my currently because they just haven't really shown the overall um, continuity that, need, that they need to at least meet, meet even a playoff team. And that's the Dallas
0: Mavericks.
1: The Dallas Mavericks has great talent. They have Christos Porzingis, who is now coming off his injury. He's looking great um, off that knee injury. Um, and and uh, Luka Doncic, who's going to be a super, superstar in this league. And, you know, if he isn't already, he will be like creaming the crop soon enough. Um, but this is not going to get it done for Dallas. You, you have to do it as a team, obviously. And when defenses in the NBA start zeroing in on just two guys uh, and expecting them to score, you got to have some of these other guys. score. like for instance, th- there's a good amount of shooters on this Dallas team. We're talking about Josh Richardson. Talking about um, Tim Hardaway Jr. We're talking about some of these other you know, scoring point guards like Trey Burke. Some of these guys are going. to – pick a back um, when it comes to these like these games um when they played the lakers early in, and it's a team that don't you kind of have to you know they're defending champs you know they got really blown out the building and it's because again like offensively you got to be able to score the ball um luke and to be fair perzingis wasn't playing that game <laughs> um but overall luka like he can't do it all himself either which i understand but at the same time second like third fourth of people on, these, on this Dallas team want we'll to step up. Weak in front court. I mean, they have um, Willie Cauley-Stein. You know, they have some of these other guys, like you know, Max Cleaver. These guys are decent, but they're just overall, again, I just, they're kind of just sputtering out. And, you know, even though this season, I guess, it's be a little bit different of the playoff format. They're gonna be having some play-in teams, stuff like that. I still don't think this team, even if it, it were like a you know one-game elimination, could really hang with a lot of other teams. Right now, currently, they're seven and seven away, six and eight at home. Like, that's just not gonna cut it, especially in the Western Conference, where the Western Conference is gonna be so active uh, of teams that are gonna be looking to jock for position for seeding, but also just to look to play in that play-in tournament um as well so Dallas for me right now a tender another we'll go back to the contenders and I think they're they're being viewed as a pretender but I want to really put them as a contender um they do have to shape some things around and they've proven to the world they did belong but I think now it's just more about being healthy and being overall just again more of a cohesive unit that's Miami Heat out of the east right now the eastern conference is I think still for grabs, but besides the top four or five teams, there's about still three spots, possibly two, that can still be, you know, pried away from. Them. Why I say Miami Heat is because, obviously, Miami, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they went to the finals last year on basically Jimmy Butler and Damon Abayo. Um, This unit from Miami is pretty solid. Like, they have some great guards. Um, but, what I, again, what I really like why I would put my tips on Miami making the playoffs here is not only because they haven't done it and they're, they, I think they really do perform best when no one's really watching them. Um, but I do think that, you know, Jimmy Butler is a really solid star in the league um, and Bam at bio really showed off this skill along with Tyler, Tyler hero who was a rookie last year and was absolutely crushing um, when it came to the postseason. So um, I do think Miami has a legitimate chance to not only make the postseason. But they can make another run, in my opinion, because the Eastern Conference is still a conference in which it's got a bit better um, when it comes to some of the top players coming into this conference. But at the same time, it's going to be overall um, how they overall handle just some of the Eastern Conference foes that look up ahead, especially when they start playing more of the Milwaukee's, the Philadelphia 76ers, especially the Brooklyn Nets, have now James Harden. So um, it'll, they'll be put to the test. But I do think they have an opportunity to still make a fifth, Fifth a sixth or a seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. That's um, all said and done by the end of this season. So um, that being said, um, that's a I feel a pretender in most people's eyes that deserve to be a contender. Um, and another team I'll mention, and then we'll go on to the next segment. Another overall team I would say that is a overall like a contender right now, but can easily become a pretender in the West are the Clippers and. The Clippers overall, to me, are a great, solid team um, from top to bottom. I do think, though, however, that this team and, you know, them just yeah, they're constantly. One thing in the NBA you got to do is be healthy. <laughs> and the squad constantly is, you know, you got Paul George constantly missing games right now. Um, Kawhi is not going to look to always play a second back to back because of his injury. Um So you just got definitely a a plethora of injuries that could possibly happen with this squad. But they are 21-9, and they are 10-5 at home. It's just the reason why I say they're a pretender is more not because they don't belong in the top four of the Western Conference. It's more of can they be a championship team with this current roster have right now? And for me, I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to that. I do think this, this squad for the Clippers, the trade deadline's coming up. They can still use a mover too when it comes to stretching the floor as a 3 three-point three specialist. I still don't see that really on his team that they're definitely missing. And when it comes to the postseason, that things are going to change. They have the big guys. They have Zubash. They have Morris. They have Ibaka. Um, that's great news. Um, but I do think they're missing that three-point you know spreading off the floor when Kawhi or Paul George has the ball. Um, they have Lou Williams as well, of course. But I still think they're missing one more person to really. Sh- stretch this floor out. So um, those are some of my contenders and pretenders. I'll name one more quickly, um, and I talked about them, them earlier, and it's the Denver Nuggets. Um, then again, they just think Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. If Michael Porter can finally – the training wheels taken off of him by Coach Malone. <laughs> um, if they can start getting healthier again, because this team is pretty uh, – overall adjust. Depth-wise, they are pretty – Will Barton has been in and out of the lineup unfortunately Gary Harris in and out of the lineup as well Mont Harris is a solid point guard that comes off the bench and produces um you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of, a lot of things I like about Denver I still think they're overall like although they're 13 and 5 13 and 15 right now in the league I still think overall there's massive room for improvement and I don't think we've seen their ceiling yet um so that and my overall pretender pretender segments um because I think overall Denver is really one of those teams that just start gelling more defensively, and if they can overall um, start getting more healthier with some of their guys coming back, I think they're a team to watch.
0: That sounds awesome, man. You know, I hope that you know the Denver Nuggets can come back because I like the Denver Nuggets, and um, they're a pretty good team. Now let's go to um, the NFL. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm better at the NFL. <laughs> But um, we're talking about free agency, um, you know, just people, you know, trying to, you know, they could go to a different team, they could not, you know. So um, I think uh, as far as quarterbacks, um, Dak Prescott. Well,
1: let me ask you this. What do you think as a whole as far as this free agency market? Like, who are some of those those game changers? Like, we could talk about quarterbacks and everything, right. but who would be like a player that you're looking at that if they overall get on a certain team, who do you think overall can be like an impact like player? Um like right now currently but can be uh like for instance, you know, they go to a certain team that they make an impact they can really make their Super Bowl chances more better.
0: Well okay. if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with very little listeners. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, that's a good question. Well, I think, let's see, I don't know, because I like Dak Prescott and I do like um, Leonard Fournette. I know that, you know, he's looking, um, he's with Tampa Bay and he's looking to move, Um, you know, he, he, he won. Of course, he won the Super Bowl, you know, with the Buccaneers. Um, And, you know, I think that, you know, he could go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, just, you know, just. I think that he will do a good job there, and he's a solid player. So um, I like Lennar, even though he did beat my my, my Chiefs um, because that really hurt, and um, I'm not trying to cry right now. But, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, he goes, if he goes to any team, he's going to do well because, you know, he rushed 64 times for 300 yards and had three touchdowns. And he had uh, 89 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's gonna be uh, you know, one to to be to look for. And I think that, you know, if he goes to any team, uh hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs,
1: uh, but probably not. <laughs> I would say for Leonard Fournette, I mean that's that's interesting you call him. Um You know, for Leonard Fournette, in my eyes, he's a a bruiser power running back. And obviously the NFL is starting to really change towards, like, having that, you know, that power, speed back, and also a catching back. So, like, you know, a three-headed monster, um, so to speak. Sometimes, you know, you still have that bell cow running back. You will still have. um, But overall, like, hatching latching on to, you know, a certain team, I think Leonard Fournette could still be that overall bell cow running back. Um, Obviously he proved that he's, you know, being in Tampa Bay for you know this season, you know he really proved that he could still be that, and even started catching b- passes out the backfield, which wasn't his forte back in Jacksonville. Keyword Saint State. Um, <laughs> so that right. being said, I do think though, that metaphor for that could be a definitely a difference maker because the running back market right now is not exactly um, filled with uh, these flashier names. The only person that really like as a as a running back, Aaron Jones, but most likely he's going back to Green Bay. So. That being said, the running back market is kind of scarce. I'll say for me, someone that can make definitely an impact. I mean, you have a couple of guys. I'll start with the receivers. Obviously, there's so many receivers. There's definitely certain tiers. You can't exactly always tier them up in which category. But I'm going to start with a couple because they're all kind of in the same tier in my eyes when it comes to being a playmaker. Whether they go on to a team that's going to be more – they're looking for a a weapon, you know, that's going to be like, like flourish for them or they're looking to have a younger team, younger squad that's coming up, looking for a guy that's going to be you know, a difference maker. So those guys that come to mind to me, me right now are all pretty young. Chris Godwin, same team, Tampa Bay. You got Allen Robinson, and then you got Kenny Gallagher of Denver, I mean, uh, Detroit. So Allen Robinson, sh- formerly Chicago, currently. So all three of these guys right now, a little bit different when it comes to they're in the same tier when it comes to most I like could Demanding of money, bit more of different skill setters. Godwin will look to operate more in the slot. Al Robinson and Kenny Galladay will look to you know look more on the outsides. They're gonna be one wide receiver, one threats outside of the numbers. That being said, um what happened? I feel overall Kenny Galladay, he didn't have the best season, he got injured. Um coming off overall, like this leg injury, and you know, they call him baby Megatron for a reason. Um, and overall he's 27. And, overall, he's in that mode in which he could still be a piece he could still build around. Um, but, also, he could play for a Super Bowl contender right now. So, I think, overall, um, some teams for me that really come to mind for because Godwin, mean, he could end up staying in Detroit. That's, you know, pretty much there. But, you know, because they, they're going to need a weapon after acquiring Jared Goff. Um, so, that would make some sense. But I do think there's some other squads, like the Patriots, that could use a receiver. Um, to build around, and if you overall Bill Belichick still Bill Belichick, um, and the Patriots could still make that happen. So, um, out for him. Um, another squad, if they can overall get their their cap room like all squared away. I mean, he could end up in the same. He could end up in the same position, and that's could be Chicago. So he could still end up being in the same division as some of these guys. Um. But that's certainly another place for him to go as well, um, but I think another team I like to recommend is the Baltimore Ravens because they don't have a receiver. Um, depth try these Ravens are um, when you got when you have to throw the ball to Willie Sneed, <laughs> West Snead in the slot. That's pretty bad. I'll tell you that much. Um, So I do like Kenny Galladay going to the Ravens. He could end up under the Dolphins as well because they'll have the cap space. I'd probably demand more of a $85 million deal. So Kenny Galladay will be someone that I'm looking forward to seeing where he'll go because he'll be one of those playmaker receivers that um, really will make an impact wherever he goes. Continually talking about these receivers, Chris Godwin. Um, Chris Godwin really is – I feel overall he got a bit – um, shined out by Antonio Brown in <laughs> um, Tampa Bay just due to they kind of they're, they're the same receiver. Uh, they both look to play the slot. Chris Godwin's not the outside number one type of guy. At least that's not how he's played over the last you know a couple seasons been in the NFL. But he's still really young. Um, you know he's I believe Chris Godwin is what 24, right? So that being said, still being a really young receiver in this league has its benefits um he's gonna demand a lot of money right now like as far as um projected deals he's, he's gonna recommend anywhere from like five years 105 million dollars um for, so because he's still a young stud if Tampa Bay can't hold on to him like some of those rec- teams I just mentioned Patriots um Dolphins the Ravens um you know the money Jacksonville could also pony up the money um same same you know <laughs> Same, uh, same state. So that being said, those, those are overall some names. And then lastly, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is a little bit more older of the, re- the receivers on this list. Um, Correct. He's the same age as Kenny Galladay, 27. Um, and Allen Robinson has been more of a been more producer in the league because he's just been a little bit more healthier. I do think it's just one of those classic situations of Allen Robinson being factored by the QB he's playing with. Like Kenny Galladay was a factor, obviously, because he played with Matthew Stafford. Who's not the Rams? Um, he factored well with him just because of what Stafford's ability is. But due to the lack of Allen Robinson's ability, he's never really played with like a bona fide stud quarterback. Going back to when he played in Denver, then he played for Jacksonville, and then he ended up playing for Chicago. So it's he really never had like that, that solid number one QB. So I'd love to see him go to a team to finally be able to put that all together. Um You know, so there's a couple of teams overall. Like, again, our receiver, Needy, like I mentioned. There's some other ones like Washington, the New York Jets. Those teams could also use a receiver on the outsides. So those are some guys I feel overall, like, right now, as far as at least from receivers go, um, can definitely make impact um, making these teams. Who else do you feel um, can make a overall, like, just team beneficial when it comes to the market, where they're currently at? and what teams overall can really be suitable. What do you think? Hmm. Well,
0: Well, um, um, maybe LeVon, LeVon. you know, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs, he's a running back, Um, and he could possibly go to Tampa Bay. Um, You know, maybe, you know, since they – he's like a a running back that, you know, people have given up on. And, you know, maybe he can work with uh, Ronald Jones. Um, And, you know, he may – he may be okay. I don't know. He could be, he, he may, he may be good with Tampa, but I'm not really sure, you know, cause I think you're more of a, you know, better at well, NFL as far as free agency goes. But I mean, you know, you could, they could, you know, they, they could um, use them. So it just, I don't
1: know. I mean, you're not wrong about Le'Veon Bell. I do think with Le'Veon Bell, I've definitely forgot about Le'Veon Bell as far as like the type of player he could still be. Obviously, he's not going to demand the money that he was once like getting <laughs> um, going back to Pittsburgh even with the Jets. Um, but overall, like Le'Veon Bell could definitely be one of those players that um, we can look back on his free agency. Um, and if he latches on to the right team that uses them the right way, maybe he doesn't – he's not that, cow, that bell cow back that he's been once was. Because um, he wasn't in KC, let's face facts. They still had um, – Platter was Hilaire. Okay. Um, Lady Gon Bell could be a player overall. They could look back on and be like, oh, man. like Someone really snagged a you know, really good deal unless, um, for Lady Gon Bell. And it ended up being, you know, them being possibly on the run team super bowl. I think I do think some of those teams that, you know, overall can can use a running back like Le'Veon Bell, Tampa Bay would definitely be one. I do think a team like the New York Giants could be one of those teams if they overall like start getting excuse me, start getting the pieces together um for a squad to contend. You know, so there's other there's gonna be some teams that are gonna look to take a stab at Bell, not for what his ability was, so to speak, looking to possibly hit Maybe hit that ceiling, but maybe more of just like more of a filler type of back. Maybe he again won't be like a bell cow back, but maybe a third down back or a change some. He'll be second fiddle to whoever. Maybe a bit more younger that comes in. Um, you know, maybe he goes to the Rams. Maybe he goes to somewhere. You know, somewhere where you know San Francisco 49ers possibly. Um, teams that are looking for a back, they don't want him to be. There number one starter but they would look to have him be more of a receiving back using his skill sets and using him on change of pace uh down so um i do think for myself i would say the the offensive line is huge right now just like we're running back it's not exactly a big market with uh, so many a plethora of of, uh talented guys that's at least as far as the cream of the crop goes who's going to demand a lot of money so, a couple of those guys that I want to talk about. First one, the big one is Trent Williams. Um, Trent Williams is just, he's been a little, he's been a, he got traded from Washington to San Francisco, and now his contract's up. And I do think left tackle is obviously huge in the NFL when you're playing against all these big defensive ends that are coming from that side of the ball. Um, and why I want to talk about Trent Williams is because I still feel he's, uh, you know, can still be a phenomenal left tackle for other teams. And, you know, teams that are overall definitely looking for that can use him just due to his power, his sheer size, um, Trey Williams brings, and he's been one of the better pass blockers throughout the whole um, league in the last couple of seasons. It's just been, he's played for Washington. <laughs> so um, they haven't really been able to really, not not going to say had success, um, throughout his career, but it's more if he's been playing for Washington. They've had constant turnover um, and now they play for San Francisco. So I don't think there's going to be a, um, there's going to be a big market for him just due to, um, again, like I was talking about, just like what the market's going to be and what it's going to be. So I think some of those teams that are are definitely needy of a left tackle would be the New York giants would be one Um, just due to, they really don't have anybody there right now, as far as from a stud standpoint on the offensive line. That could really do um, things that could um, make sure that they're protected on the old line when Danny Dimes finally comes back for New York. So, that being said, Trent Williams would definitely be a guy I'm looking at when it comes to certain guys that are offense on the offensive line. Um, another team that I wanted wanted to mention, um, I'm not really thinking of the team right now. Um, it could be, you know, this could be one of those situations where Williams. It could also, he doesn't going to play for a contender anymore, but he is 32 and he is going to most likely look to demand a big contract because, you know, there's only so much time left on his uh, for him to play um, as well. So that being said, I think the chargers could be a spot um, just due to them, having a zone running scheme. And them having, you know, some interchangeable backs there as well. Another team, you know, he could just end up back with the 49ers. Um, also, just due to how versatile he can be, he could play the left tackle, he played the right tackle, he can play some guard as well. So, you uh, know, Trent Williams could definitely be be playing at. Another person I'm going to mention is, um you know, Brandon uh, Shift from Washington, <laughs> and he's more of a zone blocking type of guard. And with with Brandon overall. Um again, playing for a Washington team that doesn't really have, you know, much talent really in a sense. I don't want to say it like that. Um, but more of he could really demand the market for himself because of what, again, the offensive line is going to look like for a free agency. So, um, again, he's all pro guard, just like, you know, just like Trent Williams all pro left tackle. Um, and they're going to demand big money. So, that being said, I think a couple of places that could use him are the Chiefs. Just due to what happened with them and their overall offensive lineman, not talking about um, the overall just as a whole, they could use some more depth. Um, obviously, Brandon Schiff would definitely start. But besides the Chiefs, we could also you know, we could talk about the Jets. We could talk about the Bengals. The Bengals are in desperate need of offensive line. um You know, so that being said, twenty nine, and you know, it just be a huge upgrade for pretty much a lot of these teams right now that could use a guard that could really. Lose his services so a couple of guys on the offensive line that are, overall they don't get the shine or the attention but overall they're very important to overall NFL teams just due to you know they have to protect the game uh, <laughs> that being said um, that being said you got any got anyone else you're thinking about
0: no no okay <laughs> <laughs> I think you know I think you said it all mean um, I'm just impressed by all well, your. There's knowledge. more. <laughs> I mean, you can go on and on about you know all these um you know amazing football players and you know I just admire your your knowledge. Just it's beautiful. I just love just listening.
1: Um, huh. even the kind words.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but I just want to know. Um, just go to the next segment if you don't mind. Um, you know about uh, uh, also knowing uh, fans. Annoying because you know, I really want to talk about Tom Brady fans and um they get on my nerves they beat my chiefs and you know I mean they, they have they
1: girl have you know problems. I live in connect <laughs> you know I've been hearing about Tom Brady for decades
0: oh my god I know he's seven rings seven rings I'm like okay all right I know he's the goat. But I you, still got, you still got some New England
1: fans out here, like, you know, just like rooting for Tom Brady, like, oh, he got his seventh ring. And, and I'm like, you guys are still – he's not – you do not play for New England anymore. Right. <laughs> like, That's why he still, still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's still here. It's like and some of these fans – there's some of them that are just like, ah, you know, Tom Brady got his seventh ring, whatever. He cheated on us, whatever. But a lot of these play, fans out here still are like, Tom Brady's to go. He got his seventh ring. and, and, and. It's like – really give it a break yo he don't play for you no more
0: (laughs) right like he left y'all he don't like y'all no more he just he just left he deserted you
1: oh my goodness yeah that that, so yeah I mean the most annoying fans I think for me are the Patriots I mean obviously um you know growing up I was a Jets fan so that's where like all that comes into play um so obviously I've heard it and that that and he goes, oh, we're going to meet you guys every year. It's like, oh, this, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, so they've always been annoying as hell. <laughs> so, um, But there's one fan base I think that's just a little bit more annoying and hold on to a little bit more of the past. And I think most of you guys, especially the ones listening, are hearing this. And that is the Dallas Cowgirls Cowboys team. <laughs>
0: My pastor football. is a
1: yeah, Cowboys fan. And- <laughs> <laughs> we won the Super Bowl X in 1994. Like, oh, give it a dang rest. Oh, well, how long was that ago? <laughs> like, I was like, dang, y'all, I was barely born. Like, jeez, please. What's up to that, man? We had Emmitt Smith. We had Troy Aikman. And we had Michael Irving. And remember Deion Sanders? <laughs> you know, you switching and cheating on us. Oh, it's like, oh. Oh
0: my God. Let it go. Stop let it, let it go. Make it stop. <laughs> I know. I mean, Dallas, man. They, I mean my pastor is a is a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh boy. He lives in Louisiana. <laughs> he he was he will fight a Saints fan in a minute, you know? So Goodness. you know, I'm a big uh, you know, Chiefs and Saints fan. I love um, you know, Alba Camara and uh you know, in my home. So, you know, my first video on on my YouTube channel was about Alvin Kamara and I was doing a, a, a rap by him. So.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I met, I mean, I met Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago when I was covering the Pro Bowl. So, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, like, he's, he's, I would just say he's young. I, you know, Kamara is young. So that's where, you know, the overall, like, you know, bravado comes in and everything. It's all like God, don't get me wrong, but there's definitely like, there's, uh, um, that edginess that comes out. So, but Camara's a chill guy, but <laughs> definitely That's that edginess cool. that comes with.
0: So. I'm so jealous right now. I'm so jealous. Don't oh. <laughs> be. That is so cool. I like it. I like it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm just super excited, you know, just to, you know, just launch my, my um, podcast. And I'm so glad that, you know, you um, just, were able to come on my show because you're, I'm learning from you, um, you know, and I'm learning from, you know, just all your knowledge. So I'm, I just really do appreciate it. Um, oh,
1: yeah. I'd be happy to be a part of this podcast for sure. And um, if you guys want to overall follow me, um, you guys definitely can. Um, I am on Twitter. It is the, let me get my Twitter handle out real quick. Like, yeah. Boy. go ahead do it do it <laughs> you're ready for these things and like drop it all here um because there's so many different ones you gotta look over like um so <laughs> like, like, is it this is it that it's like but you forgot the at sign it's at nick underscore wilcox 25 on twitter um i have a facebook page nick speaks that's my motivational facebook page where i talk about you know different things when it comes to motivation, inspiration. And I told you about motivational Monday. So, you know, again, uh, if you don't dominate Monday, Monday will dominate you. So
0: yeah, and I love um, his videos. I mean, they, <laughs> I watch them. I watch them all because you know he he just he he speaks from experience, but also you know he just speaks from the heart. And he's such a loving you know person. You know, you really get to know Nick. He's awesome. So. You know he gotta you know he's really good in sports but he's also a good person as well so appreciate that yeah I just want to promote you
1: thank you appreciate that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes you know it's harder you know it's hard to just you know you're ambitious you know and you know it's hard to find black men like you know that are you know want to do stuff with their life so you know I think that that is that is something that is lacking. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just being honest, but you know, I appreciate you, man. You know, you know, just keep doing what you're doing helping people with their health. And, you know, I love it. I love it because, you know, health is important, mental and physical. You
1: know they say for the culture. (laughs)
0: For the culture. (laughs) Culture. (laughs) Okay. Well, it was, it was a pleasure, you know, just, you know, talking to you and I just want to end it with this. Stay bold. Stay brave and stay balling. Boom.